Welcome to Empathetic Machines. In this series, we explore devices. Good word, device. One of its meanings is a will or a pleasure, as in the phrase, left to their own devices. But a device is also a thing that's employed to bring about some end or result. Through a series of short conversations, we explore devices, the, the way they help us see the world as it is, but also perhaps the world as we would like for it to be. Welcome to an ongoing discussion at Empathetic Machines. If you'll allow me to make a quick production note, uh, we catch these interviews on the fly in the course of daily lives. In this case, it resulted in a little bit of low audio quality at the beginning. It clears up really quickly. Thanks. Hey, Bruce Barron, how are you? Excellent. So can you tell me what your favorite first device was? Absolutely. The Microsoft Zune. I just, I still, I can't hear it. I still love that. Yes. Oh, why? Why a Zoom? Well, I think so, you know, back in the day when the Zoom first came out, you had literally, if you wanted to migrate to digital music, because we were already ripping and, ripping and uh, you know, CDs on our laptops, etc. You, you had two options. You had the iPad, iPod and you had the Zoom, uh, which came out, I think, in uh, 1996 or 2006, sorry. And, um, you know, Apple had uh, very, there's a lot of restrictions about the music or created new formats and, and it seemed to be tied to the Apple store. And if you didn't have other Apple devices, you know, the Zune just was a logical, um, a logical place to put your thousands of songs that you had been ripping. Yep. So what artists were on your Zune? Oh, everything from ACDC to Zuropa from U2, if I had to use the A to, a to Z cliche, you name it, Blink-182 and oh my God, 80s, 90s, 70s, The Stones, The Who, uh, you know, classical rock, blues, Billie Holiday, you name it, I had it. Okay. Uh, you know, so in looking at how we've gone from these very fit for purpose devices to kind of multi-purpose devices. Have we lost some of the magic? Well, I, I think there's new magic, you know, especially to people discovering these things for the first time. Um, but I think nothing compares with those kind of digital inflection points, right? Where you're able to rip a thousand songs and carry them, right? Even though we couldn't share them because Wi-Fi and things were still not, you know, still nascent. It was still just just so cool. So I guess there's got to be different moments today, but I'm sure they're still there. I, I, I think I get it. You know, so now that we've moved from the notion of devices to software as a service and creating new new kinds of experiences, how do we look at what comes next um, and, and what is going to be meaningful in the next generation? Hmm, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, how do we look at what's next and what will be meaningful? I think, you know, as someone who works in technology around digital transformation with clients, we still have a lot of things that are analog in today's world that we're looking to digitize and not just make into bits and bytes things that are physical, but rather kind of reimagine them. So I think that there's, you know, the sweeping up. Right, that's going to, you know, this is my humble opinion for the next 10, 15, 20 years. But I think that there are, are many things that are right under our noses that are opportunities that, you know, I, I think you got to you got to look for those analogs in other in, in other areas in industry. What can we learn from fashion or 
you know, linguistics or anywhere that will be that next generation of service or, or capability or insight that we're going to get from software. I, I wish I had a better answer. Uh, you know, it was a fancy way of saying, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure we know yet. Thank you for sharing the Zoom with us, sharing that that blast from the past. This is what this podcast is all about, is, is the relationship we have with our devices and how they create meaning for us, how we deal with the ethics and the logic. So, oh, while we're there, while we're there, ethics and logic. So admit it. Did you, did you pay for all the music you had? <laughs> I'm going to take that one to my grave. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, but, but in my defense, most of it, yeah. I had thousands of CDs because I was, I was one of the earliest adopters, I think, in my neighborhood of CDs. Had a great car stereo with a disc changer, you know. And um, so I think most of them came from my personal collection. But there, there, were, some, there were some loners for sure. <laughs> Bruce, do you still have the Zune? No, I actually no, I actually sold it to a friend with all the music, and I charged him for the music too. <laughs> uh, a long time ago. <laughs> nice, love that. All right, yep. Thank you both. This is great. Thanks so much. Absolutely awesome. And now a word from a partner. Communitas America is beyond happy to be a part of the Empathetic Machines community and to have Empathetic Machine be part of our community. One ecosystem, two impact communities, the Las Vegas and the Bronx, five cohorts, 90 entrepreneurs, and 100% social impact. Communitas America supports impact ecosystems in under-resourced communities. Our entrepreneurs create social change in their communities. For more information, check us out at communitasamerica.org or hit us up at hello at communitasamerica.org Thanks for listening in listeners and friends of Empathetic Machines Let us know what you think and show us a little love by going to empatheticmachines.org and leaving a comment or reacting on Apple Stitcher Spotify or Amazon Podcasts Thanks to Music for Makers for our theme music and to John Groff and Friends for incidental music 